Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. Hey there, friends, and welcome to episode two of Awakened and Alive After 40. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, and we are so happy to have you here with us for this second episode. I I feel like I can't say this just yet. Can you believe, Carrie, that it's already episode two? (laughs) No, um, I can't. And I'm just happy to go with our topic today at how fun it's been so far recording these episodes yeah and yeah you gave that little um cue there for happy obviously if you've seen the title of today's episode we are gonna be chatting a little bit about happiness and what it means and why it can be such a struggle for us to be happy and to feel happy on a regular basis. And it's interesting, Carrie, because this past week, especially, I was thinking about happiness and the challenge that many of us face because I shared with you, but I'll I'll share with everyone out there. My dog, Lola, had to have surgery, spinal surgery this past week. And my husband and I were, of course, so overwhelmed with everything. And it seems like there were so many bumps in the road. Everything turned out fine. But it was a lot of work to just really keep an even pace with life and not feel like everything was spiraling out of control. So I was really focusing this past week on maintaining a positive mindset and trying to really focus on all the good that was happening around me in order to maintain that level of happiness that I desire within my life. So this really got me thinking about um, just what we want to discuss and share on today's episode, because I feel like this is a topic that so many of us struggle with. And I know, Carrie, you and I have really had great conversations about happiness in the past. Yes. um, And I think a big message that I'm glad is being spread more widely these days is the idea that we don't have to be happy or do the whole positive vibes thing all the time anymore. It's healthy and okay for us to experience the huge range of human emotions that we all experience and that that is normal. Um, I think it's really important to think about happiness as a good way to check in with ourselves and balance, check in if we are feeling balanced, if we're feeling aligned, if we're feeling like 
Um, I'm making decisions that make me feel good in life. Yeah, I I completely understand what you mean. And I love that you brought up the fact that it's okay to not be happy all the time. And I know there's been some, you know, stuff out there where that whole positivity mindset can be a little bit of um, a downer for some people because then they feel bad if they can't be positive all the time. So it can be a little toxic with this crowd that really focuses on just, you know, happy thoughts, happy life, and just think yourself to happy. And that's great. If it works for you, wonderful. Keep doing it because ultimately, you know, whatever works for you is what you need to do. But I've definitely noticed how it can be toxic. And, you know, especially with the world today, with all of the things that we're experiencing and the chaos, the drama, it's freaking hard to stay in a state of happiness and positivity. So, yeah, I love that we can just start to feel more comfortable with accepting those good and bad days. And that's a lot of what you and I will be talking about on this podcast is acceptance and befriending of all the negative emotions that come into one's life because they're there for a reason, right? Right. Yeah. And it's interesting um, to think about how how our culture can impact our view of happiness and our expectations for happiness. I think we, as people from the United States, we tend to believe that we deserve to be happy. Um, It's like written in our historical documents that we have the right to pursue happiness. And I think there are a lot of places that don't have that mindset. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. Um, I, I just think that as Americans, we tend to put a lot of emphasis on being happy, but Mm -hmm. sometimes we lose sight of what actually can make us happy because I think we all tend to really strive for success, achievement, money, um, a respected job, those sorts of things. When is that really what's going to bring us happiness? Right. Yeah. And um, and with myself, my family is uh, European and I've seen in different countries in Europe how they portray happiness. And it's very different from how it is here in the United States. And I know for you, you have your own experience of being overseas in another country and seeing their you know, view and definition of happiness? Yeah, totally. Um, I lived in Spain for four years. I've been back in the U.S. for about a year now. Um, and it's just the the work-life balance there really helps to contribute to the population's happiness in general because they truly do not work to live. Mm. Um, or, excuse me, they truly do not live to work. They work in order to just have a nice life. It's not their end all be all. Their job is not the definition of who they are. And it's such a social country that people 
are constantly getting together, going out for drinks, having a coffee. I mean, especially in the evenings, it's funny how our idea of time here Mm. can limit our socialization because we think, oh, by like 7 p.m., we have to sort of be home, especially on a weekday if we have work in the morning. And that's just not how culturally it is there. 7 p.m. still considered to be afternoon. It's of incredibly social time. Um, and then on weekends, like nothing gets started till like right, 10 o'clock at right? night. Um, <laughs> Which for me, I don't know, I'm kind of in bed at that time already, but it it's very different. Yeah. The mindset there just, it felt so different because it just felt lighter because there was not this, in the US, it feels like you can only really go out and be social and enjoy yourself with friends. Like when you're a teenager or in your 20s. And then when you're in the, your 30s, your family life has started, your focus is on your partner and or your children, and there isn't that social time. And there's so many factors in different cultures, and I can only speak for the Spanish culture, that allow people to continue prioritizing the social part of life. And it just creates this lightness for all ages, we would see people who were like walking with canes and, you know, shuffling along, barely able to walk out at 11 o'clock at night, going to get a drink with their friends. Yeah. Or like families pushing their stroller, you know, around with their, oh, yeah. their uh, little the one in it there. at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Because yeah, like you said, it's a whole family event and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. considered pretty normal there like for them that's that's not a an issue and i've seen the same thing um in france and bulgaria which is where my family is from and to me it felt very much um and it seems like in spain same thing that to prioritize connection whether it be friends or family is what is it is a big definition of happiness in many European countries. And it's really about enriching your life through connection and relationships. Yeah. And do you feel like that's the vibe we have here in the United States? Unfortunately, I don't. But you know what? That's where we come in because (laughs) (laughs) because it can be that way. And just because it's not, because it it hasn't been a typical, um, you know, event in the United States, it doesn't mean it can't ever not be. So I think it's important to really first define what happiness means for each of us. And that's, for me, a big part of what I will do with a lot of my coaching clients with any type of belief, like if in order to achieve X, you need to do Y, X, Y, Z, yeah, <laughs> whatever it may be, but according to whom, you know, right. who, who is saying that it needs to be this way? Because ultimately it's, what do you believe? What is going to be your definition of happiness or success or any type of achievement that you're desiring in life. So I want to ask you, Carrie, what is your definition of happiness? What does happiness mean to you? Ooh, um, for me, it comes back to 
our own core values. And I know that's a big buzz phrase right now, but it is something that once you as an individual really know yourself and really know what you value and what you want to prioritize in your life, not what you've been conditioned to think is important or should be important, not what your culture has taught you is valuable. Once you know that, then you can, and you're living in accordance with those values, you just naturally feel sort of an ease and a flow and a peacefulness, which for me, that personally equates to like a happiness or a contentment. Mm -hmm. My life might not be exactly as I dreamed it or envisioned it, especially at the moment. I still feel in an incredibly transitional phase in my life. When we returned to the United States from Spain, it was not of our choosing. It was like because of the visa situation, we had to come back. And so we really didn't know what to do. And we've just like landed back in the state where we are both from, my partner and I, and it's not really where we want to be, but it's where we are right now because we have a support system here. Mm -hmm. But because I am living so in accordance with my core values right now, I feel so happy and I'm shocked by this. Right. That's amazing, right? Because I mean, what, like years ago, you would have never, you you know, I'm not going to say I know what your thoughts were, but I'm sure you weren't thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be at my happiest when I'm living with my family again as an adult. But you are. Right. And I came from living in my dream place. Like my mm. life in Spain was my dream life other than my work because I had to teach English there. It was the only job opportunity available to us, um, which I didn't mind doing. There's great things about it, but it wasn't what I loved doing, but I loved everything else about my life there. So it was fine. But yeah, now that we are back here, it's like, I don't love where I'm living, but I love so much else that I've cultivated in my life that I feel really content. Yeah. And, and I, I'm so glad that you brought up the idea of being aware of your core values, because that I feel is the start of everything is first knowing what means the most to you, what is of greatest value to you not according to what society says or your family or caregivers or any, you know, it's all about identifying what that means to you. And so for you listeners out there, I, I want to encourage you and I invite you to ask yourself the question, what does happiness mean to me? What does happiness look like to me? Okay. Not to anyone else, kids, husband, wife, family, just to you and see what comes up. See what is like calling to you when you just sit on this question. And I really want to just kind of make note of real quick, Carrie, when it comes to happiness, and I know, again, you and I have had these conversations. And when I talk to people, they feel so 
like bad about not being able to be happy. They judge themselves. They blame themselves. They put themselves down. They're like, why can't I just be happy or be positive? And I just want to share with you listeners that it is absolutely not your fault. It's actually within our biology that it takes work for us to be positive and happy. And there's something called the negativity bias that is the cause for this. And ultimately it comes down to when man first came, it was all about survival. So he needed to be alert to all the potential threat that could come his way. So that means all the bad things stood out more greatly than any of the good things. So it's all about survival. And even though we're now in modern day, we still have this within our brains, within our genes. We are programmed as human beings to protect ourselves, to seek safety. So that means we're going to be more focused on the negative things in life versus the positive things. So, well, and don't you think the technology out there is only compounding this for yeah. us because now we're aware of not only the negative things in our immediate life, but the negative things happening with everyone in the world. Absolutely. So like everybody's problems become our problems, especially if you're an empath and you know, that's something that I very much am. And I mean, it kills me to see pain and suffering and you know, that's where it's so important to also practice boundaries. So you're protecting your, your own well-being, emotional, mental, but, you know, I think it's so important though, for all of us to understand that it's not our faults that, you know, we should be able to just snap out of it and just be happy. It's within our biology and it takes work. It takes effort. So, I think it would be great, Carrie, for us to share some tips with our listeners on how they can start to cultivate greater happiness within their own lives. And, you know, I think this is great because, again, like you said, you know, with media and just life in general, we can only avoid so much. So that means we really need to prioritize you know, what we are doing in our own lives for our well-being. Yeah, so I completely agree. Yeah. Um, for me, and I know it sounds basic and silly because I hadn't ever really been like a goal setter or a New Year's resolution person or a looking it, looking at my core values. I think I just thought, well, I naturally know what's important to me. But within the last few years, I have actually started writing my core values down every year. I, within the last year, have just started journaling every day. And mm. that has been a huge game changer for me. I'm a write down type of person to make it a little more real and to make it stick. Um, not everyone is like that, but I do think at least thinking about what are my core values and looking at are these values also supported within the culture I'm living or do I need to cultivate them in my own way, in my own life, because my culture isn't valuing these things? Yeah. And as far as you know, the tips that we have to offer, that's very much one of 
my big ones as well is getting clear on the core values. And I think that's something that is great to do. Like you said, Carrie, every year, because our core values are going to change as we grow and change. So are these values. So getting clear on your values. And then like we were saying, you know, getting clear on what happiness means to you. So I think first identifying what happiness is and identifying your core values is huge. And it's great because you can combine that within journaling. So I'm, I'm a big journal person as well. And as far as really being mindful of what you want happiness to look like in your life, it is a wonderful practice. And then I'd like to throw in for a second tip to incorporate more play. And some, some people are like, what play? What does that mean? And I think it's, it's one of these areas, especially when we become an adult where we're all about responsibility, work, doing systems and having plans. And then it's like, okay, what happened to the creativity that you know, we had when we were kids and the imagination and just that sense of flow and ease and not being so structured and not caring about the outcome and not caring about the outcome. So ultimately it's all about balance. And you may uh, hear people say it as like masculine energy kind of overruns the world. Cause that's a lot of the work and the doing and systems but the feminine energy, you can kind of think of as mother nature, where everything just happens as it's meant to. There's ease, there's no force to it. And so incorporating more play can simply look like you sitting down for 15 minutes and coloring even, you know, the adult coloring books. Or for me, I'll go outside and I'll do cartwheels because I used to love doing that when I was a kid. Yeah. And for me, I love yeah. roller skating. Oh my gosh. I can't like old that. school, not, not rollerblades, old school roller skates. My best friend and I used to roller skate in our basements or we'd go to the skating rink and I really want to start doing it because I skated a few years ago um, at like an event at this skating rink and it all came back to me. It was like riding a bike and I felt so free and happy yeah. and joyous. Yeah. And by the way, I'm jealous because I always wanted to know how to roller skate, but I just fell too much. And I was like, you know what? It's not worth hurting myself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, but yes, that's ultimately, you know, play is anything that makes you feel just like giddy and free and almost childlike in a way it can be dancing. Even if you're like the worst dancer ever. Who cares? Dance, get your body moving, get into the creativity mode and being present in just what the environment has to offer, not doing anything, just being. And it's usually all these play tips usually are things that sound really goofy or Mm -hmm. scary or not of value to adults. We're yeah. like, why would I do that? Why would right. I spend my time dancing? Right. What's the I purpose? don't even like dancing. <laughs> I know. And it just, 
if you just let go of when you were a kid, you didn't think like this. You didn't have this conditioning that dancing is silly. Right. And you didn't have the thought of, well, what is this going to give me provide, you know, what am I getting out of it? You're just doing it because you like it and you enjoy it. Right. And you're just disconnecting from that thinking part of you and just getting that back into your body and just not caring how you look, what Mm. others are thinking, how you're being perceived. And even if you just want to do it privately, great. And you don't even really, you really can let go and you don't have to worry what, how you look and what people are thinking. Yep, absolutely. So play is huge. I think it's something that more people need to incorporate. And that's what ultimately, again, brings more balance, greater balance within your life between the, if you want to call it masculine, feminine energies, or just simple balance, you know, of being instead of just doing all the time. And lastly, the third tip we have to share, we already touched on it a little bit, but it's setting boundaries around social media and any kind of news or media consumption because it it's 24 seven access for us. Now I know when I was younger, I I was born in the 80s and I'm throwing, throwing that out there a little <laughs> bit, but I was born in the 80s and the news was not on 24 seven. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, the world was a safer place, a better place when in reality, mm, no, not really. But it was because the news wasn't on all the time. So I didn't live in constant fear like I know I would have. If I had the news on all the time and yes, we want to make sure we're up to date, you know, with all the latest happenings. But when it comes to setting boundaries for myself, what that looks like is 10 to 15 minutes of consuming news or social media in the mornings and then 10 to 15 minutes in the evenings. And that is, that is it. And the rest Mm -hmm. of it, I'm going to be very intentional with what I choose to read or stop on if I'm scrolling through social media. Yeah. I mean, my energy, if you know human design, Dominique and I are both projectors. So we have Mm -hmm. very limited energy and my energy is precious to me. And I don't want to be spending my energy on these things such as news and social media consumption that can be really draining. Um, and so I, I agree. I'm right there with you. I really try to limit all of that. I don't even watch the news on TV. It is just, it is too much. I have a few trusted news sites I go to, to intentionally check in because like you said, Mm -hmm. being informed is still really important, but I know my limits and I know when there are stories that just, I feel too personally impacted by that. I need to take breaks and check in very sporadically with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know there's a lot of individuals that feel they need to be a part of the, the chaos because it's almost like, well, if these people need to put up with it, then I need to be there with them, you know, kind of showing compassion for them. And And it's a beautiful thing 
for sure. But at the same time, if it pulls you down, then that ultimately is pulling so many others down because your energy, you know, it is projected around the people that you are naturally surrounding yourself with. So like when things first started um, in the Ukraine, I had to be very, very careful about it because I was so drawn to hearing about it and just trying to do as much as I could for the people by educating myself or whatever it may be. And I had to take a step back because I noticed that was affecting my own relationships because I was starting to become more negative yeah. and even working with my clients too, I was noticing that I was more sad and that's not serving the people around me the way I want to be serving them. So we need to just find ways where we can be there and not be there and protect our own energy. So we're protecting the people around us too, ultimately. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I know that got a little deep here, but <laughs> it's truth. You know, it, it really, it is. And I know so many other individuals are dealing with the same thing on a regular basis. And it's really about, you know, how, how can you harness greater happiness to have that reflect to the people around you? And it's going to take work. Like we said, it takes effort. We're fighting biology and genetics with it. And maybe the U.S. isn't at the level that we're desiring for it to be acceptable you know, when we are thinking about what happiness means for ourselves. But it all starts with these little tips that we just provided to. And we're going to have those tips uh, noted in the show notes so you can review those again on your own time and reflect on them and hopefully incorporate it into your own daily life. We really hope that you got something out of this episode that can give you just one little spark to have a little bit more happiness in your days. Just the little things that sometimes we forget what can really bring us happiness is petting our dog or our cat or spending time reading just 10 or 15 minutes, something that really inspires us. So hopefully that will inspire you to take a little time for yourself and to really focus on what's important to you. Yeah. And like you said, Carrie, it starts with the little things a lot of the times. And so we are here to encourage all of you to take that first small step towards cultivating greater happiness in your own life through any avenue that feels good to you. But overall, it's about showing up for yourself every day and just taking it one day at a time. And we're here to remind you that it's never too late to live your best life. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. 
We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.